We are at the fireworks factory, and I am so excited. I'm John Shidley Hill. And I am Sheldon Alexander. And this is You Killed It, the podcast talking about the challenge, Ride or Dies, episode 16 recap, You Killed It, episode 242. That's a big number. I'm so excited. It really is a big number. I know I caught you off guard there because I started talking and you could see that I was about to start talking. And then because you're such a great co-host, you stopped what you were about to say. And then I just didn't say anything. (laughs) I I mean, you really, you really verbalized what just happened there. I I hung you out to dry there. I hung you out to dry. That is my fault. You, it is your fault. I'm not going to lie. And I appreciate your accountability. Um, We have some listener comments. Okay. Uh, Hold on. Can I give the people a peek behind the scenes? Like right before we started, I'm like, okay, while you start, I'm going to look for comments. You're like, I have no comments. I have one comment. (laughs) (laughs) That is the production that goes into this podcast, ladies and gents. That is the production value. What I think is funny about this podcast is that we're sort of ourselves turned up to 11. Like if if people were to meet me in real life, I'm not this loud. I'm not this energetic. I am in real life much more like a bored robot. I'm much more easily distracted in real life. And I'm so, so like scattered most of the time. Like I get lost in my own sentences all the time. Like this is an incredible like hour to 90 minutes of me focusing. I'm not, I mean, you know this, but like, I'm not like this in real life and you're not like this in real life either. We're just a little bit turned up to 11. Um, longtime listener, Jade Zwingli said, great podcast this week. I wasn't having the best day and you two boys had me laughing out loud. Best part of her day. Thank you so much, Jade. That's really nice. Sheldon is pumping his fist because he forgets that podcasts are primarily an audio medium. Uh, although Hold we on. are on Maybe YouTube. I was I was just giving an exclusive to the people who, you know, a little added bonus to the people that tune in on YouTube. That's all. You know, getting them a little extra something something for them deciding to go onto YouTube and watch the pod. That's all. That something extra is um when we wear matching outfits. That's my favorite. We gotta do that again. Why are you shaking your head no? I think it's I think <laughs> cute. I think it's adorable when we do that. And believe adorable. me, I'm adorable, if, he says. Yeah. If you think if you think that was an awkward comment, I've got lots of awkward comments locked and loaded in my notes. So I got a lot of awkward comments about this episode. I know we still got comments, but like awkward episode i thought this was because like literally nothing happened until the end and it was such a great elimination that it almost covered up for the fact that it wasn't really that great of an episode am i right you're absolutely right and i i long time listeners of you killed it know this i say that all the time like the episode just before the final or just like two episodes before more often than not it's kind of lame because like yeah. The people have found the people in the house have found sort of an easy piece, and there's just fewer people in the house so they can avoid each other. And you saw it in this episode. There's a yeah. lot of one-on-one conversations because people so, can just avoid each other. So I forgot about this because I do have a comment to read here. But uh, the comment is about Amber, which I guess first off we should say congratulations. Yeah, on our social media. Amber is pregnant. Um, so. Congrats for that. We know Amber got eliminated last week, but despite whatever we might think of her as a challenge competitor, congrats. That's awesome. Definitely. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, and like, I know we really beat up on Amber and Chauncey all season, but like, I think that they're very nice people and they seem like mm-hmm. they're genuinely in love and care about each other. Um, totally so, like, I wish them all the best. I just, I don't like having a particular window into their lives (laughs) like and like i know she's been looking for love and looking for someone to settle down with and i think chauncey is a very nice person who treats her with a lot of respect which is great chauncey seems like good peoples 
Um, I still think Amber screwed him over in the in the, his first season of the challenge. But hey, that's a story of another day, or I guess last week because we talked about it last week's pot. But Sarah writes in, and Sarah says, you know, everybody hates Amber when she's doing the one thing everybody loves by volunteering to go in, and everyone's like, eh, I don't trust her. <laughs> it's pretty good, right? Like normally, that's a fair point. Would be all for it. And still, people are like, ah, Amber. Is this, um, also, is, sorry, sorry, I just on. have a question. Is this Sarah Caselis, like longtime listener? Uh, not Sarah Caselis. Oh my uh, God. Sarah, I'm going to pronounce her name wrong. Zaremba. Okay. Also, longtime listener, though. All right. I just, um, just people with Sarah are really, with the name Sarah, are really good at like calling us out. <laughs> Oh, okay. True. Fair. I think people are just good at calling us out because we talk a lot of shit on this pot. What is that fair? I don't know. I don't know what, what? you're talking about. That um, ain't right. More from more though. Uh, also, this is Sarah speaking. If it were me and I were Nani and Bananas, I would have thrown in Olivia and Horacio. Keeps Amber from having quote unquote leverage, and there would be a chance that either Jordan and Nisa or Devin and Tori would do the dirty work to try to get them out. Either way, a much stronger team is gone from the final, and your allies couldn't be too, too angry because you were hoping that one of them would get the dagger to save the other. That's going back to last week, which I think yeah. leads us nicely into this week, where there are yeah. a lot of interesting conversations as well, basically about the same thing. I just wanted to say, though, and this isn't on Sarah. This is what people are saying in the house. I take umbrage, umbrage, I say, with mm -hmm. this idea of leverage. Because they're, they're at a point in the house where, like, the way it works with leverage is that, like, you can do something back to the person. And there's a mm -hmm. lot of talk about leverage. There's nothing to be done. Like, people can basically do what they want without any consequences at this point in the season. Right? Like, there's no... Yeah bartering to be done so like being like oh maybe we keep them around for leverage what leverage like you don't need anyone else you just got to win that's all that's left just win baby win right that's right just win baby win the um, one thing al davis was right about yeah let's get to this episode though what, what Actually, was going wait. on in this episode i'm gonna give al davis credit for two things he also generally said fuck the nfl which i agree with as well just in, <laughs> in principle so al davis right on two things you were that's saying fair. that's fair as i muted my mic and didn't realize that i didn't unmute it yet but here we are <laughs> i've been giving a lot of behind the scenes of this pod today you are you're being very on. candid tonight i i don't know it's a, it's a new me what can i say um so let's let's get to this episode because like the beginning part of it it's basically a lot of people talking about why they should be throwing bananas in. Essentially, right? Yeah. And I got to say, I think that is flawless logic. It starts with Fessel and Jordan having a conversation. Devin suddenly materializes beside them and is also <laughs> participating in the conversation. Yeah. I did have one comment, though. I have a comment, too. So go on. When did it's, Fessel... If it's the same comment, we are like... Whoa. Oh my god! Go if that's the, I'm gonna put my hand up to the screen just to feel closer to you. If that's the case, when okay, did Fessel? <laughs> when did Fessel and Jordan become cool with each other? Uh, when the options of who you can talk to in the house became less. I guess so, but like I was struck well, all episode. No, well, well remember like, a couple of weeks ago they had their thing where they were basically acknowledging that they were the strongest guys in the house and they weren't going to try to take each other out. There's a mutual respect. Yeah, but like there's a difference between mutual respect and conspiring together. Yeah, that's and like almost socializing together. I was just mm -hmm. struck that like, was it not three episodes ago that like, Things were popping off between Jordan and Tori, and Fessel was obviously like a sticking point, and Devin was stuck in the middle. And now everyone's cool. Like, I don't know how the air got cleared. It's only been like yeah. maybe seven days in real time, and they've had like no breaks from each other. So, like, I'm just curious how this mm -hmm. happened. 
No, I, I get it. I think it is just a, a matter of trying to figure out who your allies are when the options are so slim now at the end. And as you kind of look around and you're thinking, wait, do we want to go against Bananas in the final? Because Bananas is kind of a threat, right? Bananas always figures out a way to figure out a way in the final, right? Yeah, so I think a, yeah. if you're Jordan, if you're Jordan, you know that because you've been on the show for long enough. If you're Fessy, you've lost to Bananas in a final <laughs> enough to know that. So I think that's kind of where it comes into play here. But the thing that I was going to bring up mm -hmm. is – Jordan and Anissa, and they're sharing their story, you know, and how much they love their partnership and all that. I did not like the fact that they gave the bad boys line without acknowledging or finishing the bad boys line. Like we ride together, we die together. Like they did the whole Will Smith, Martin Lawrence thing and just didn't finish it off. And it's like, so when they started, I'm like, wait, oh, they're going to do the thing. And then they just didn't do the thing, you know, like, was it that obvious to anyone else or is it just me because I'm obsessed with that movie and think that it was, you know, way too funny? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't think it's just you. I think you're I think you're right that it deserves acknowledgement. And I think maybe we're showing our age here, but mm -hmm. like you and I grew up in a postmodern society where like, yes, you would like crib like you would pay. Uh, you'd have an homage to different things you would draw from different pop culture references, but you would acknowledge it too. And you would be like, shout out bad boys or shout out Martin Lawrence. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I know the answer to this, but like, is that your favorite Martin Lawrence movie? I feel he's wildly underrated. Uh, bad boys. Probably. Yeah. Like the original bad boys, you could put that on TV and I'll watch it for like at least a solid 10 minutes before I get mad about it being TBS and it's the edited version. Yeah. Which yep. is still, you know, it's funny, but it becomes ridiculously funny because of what they edit out. But then it's like, you know, if whatever, it's on the movie network or something that's showing it unedited, it's still pretty funny. Like there's moments that I will always laugh at. Always. Yeah. Fail. Yeah. The best scene is, uh, from bad boys 2 like bad boys 2 is not as good but no. the scene where is it what's the boyfriend's name that comes over to pick up uh oh, yeah, yeah 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 reggie um, reggie yeah. reggie the boyfriend that scene's hilarious and also i think we're in agreement bad boys 2 the soundtrack is the greatest soundtrack of all time no, is that the wait is that the one where they just keep playing shake your tail feather or whatever that puffy song they have Shake Your Tail Feather, but it has La La La, <laughs> Excuse Me Again by Jay-Z. Which, obviously, I love that song. But that's Jay-Z's best like, song. I mean, that's, a, that's an argument for another day. <laughs> but I will say, first off, you just like, like I feel attacked here. Because <laughs> like, I know there's not enough time for us to fully, for me to fully acknowledge that statement. But if I will stay on topic, which is actually off topic from this podcast, right? the Bad Boys 2 soundtrack, yeah, they play like that puffy Shake Your Tail Feather song like 25 times in that movie. Like, I don't know what the deal was that they signed with Puff, but it had to be ridiculous for the song to be played so much. Oh, well, It's pretty I, annoying. I think also significantly on that soundtrack is the band – from making the band too, which led to the greatest Dave Chappelle sketch of all time. That's fair. And now we are fully off topic as we went from the bad boys line from Anissa and Jordan to that, that they didn't even finish. So no. like who even knows if they were actually even doing that. We went from that to bad boys two, to shake your tail feather to Jay-Z's best song to the band and making the band if you're talking about references i mean i guess it comes back full circle because that was a show on mtv mm -hmm. but at mtv from a generation that there's there could be people listening right now that have no idea what we're talking about <laughs> who's the five best rappers alive die lot die lot die lot and die lot like i don't know there could be i actually i want to know if there's someone listening right now and you did not watch the band making the band with puffy 
please let us know. I'm interested. It'll give us a good lesson in the demographics of this podcast. That was that was the most compelling reality TV season I've ever seen. Of like not game show reality TV, but like reality reality TV. Mm-hmm. And like I've never been like a big puffy fan. Yeah. But he is so funny on that show. Like he is an incredibly like Watching that show, I was like, oh, I see why he's a big deal. Like, I get it now. Like, he is so entertaining on that show. Yeah. I didn't even get to talk about how I really love the movie Blue Streak. But we probably <laughs> don't have time to get into that. Into the Martin Lawrence deep cuts. Blue Streak. Wow. I don't know if that's a sentence I've ever heard before. And I'm not saying that it's a bad movie, but I've just never heard someone go out of their way to compliment Blue Streak. That's all. I'll tell you, I rewatched it recently. It's not a good movie. <laughs> like, I loved that movie <laughs> as a kid. And, like, it was one of those movies that was always on TBS. And, like, I would watch it. I've, I've probably watched it a dozen times. But 11 of those times were in the, like, early 2000s. And now I rewatched it in the past two years. It is not good. Like it's it's it has few redeeming qualities. It's not it's not good. Okay. Okay. Um you also to watch good. it though. <laughs> I was gonna say though, also not good. Tori and Devin Spade. Wait, what? Didn't get it. Sister Spa Day? I was gonna ask when we were gonna do a sister spa day. Never. 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 I, so you're not going to like my follow-up question. So I've never understood when they put cucumbers on your eyes, what does that accomplish? It's a great question. Let's okay, talk to our listeners. Yeah, listeners what's, what are the cucumbers for when you put them on your eyes? Is it like that it's cooling? It wouldn't be hydrating. Like that, that doesn't make sense, right? Like it's not going to be osmosis. They're not on long enough. No idea. It's a great question, though. Thank you. I am a journalist. Fair. But importantly, Fair. I I liked in this sister spa day, Devin starts to like broach the topic of gameplay, and Troy goes, "Oh, not another plan," <laughs> which is like you know me. I'm I'm the world's number one Devin fan, but that was the perfect thing to say because he always has a plan, and like it's definitely at yeah. the point where he's doing too much over the course of a season, doing too much, and like it's funny because this is probably his best plan, and then he doesn't really execute it. Spoiler and. Like, if he had done fewer plans earlier in the season, this would have been a better plan. You know what I mean? But he's gone to the well so many times. Like, there was a few times where he could have just been hands-off. But, like, he's right that now is the time to strike. Totally agree. I thought it was I thought it was very interesting that he would bring that up. But also, it just kind of seems like a curveball to throw at us for this episode when really everything was pretty much laid out what the plan should be. Right. Mm-hmm. But well, well, I mean, maybe not. Cause you said maybe they should throw in bananas, but either way. I, I genuinely think that they should throw in bananas, but let's get there before we get there. Yeah. This daily challenge. I didn't like, no, but I'll let I you know. even, explain it. I got it. So yeah, it's called frozen senseless. There is uh, an ice tub in the middle. Every team has an ice tub. And they have to run in opposite directions. The uh, one partner has to dig, well, both partners have to dig underground to get underneath this barricade. One partner then has to run and like stick their hands in a box and by feel, like figure out what a puzzle looks like. And then they have to run meet their partner in the ice bath and their ice and like they can only speak to each other when sitting in the ice bath and then when their partner goes they have to like reassemble the puzzle based off their description not a great i'm with you not a great challenge it's very convoluted there's so much going on there's like you only can communicate in the ice bath which like okay sure like, it was just doing too much for no reason, I feel like. But at the same time, I mean, it was a, an 
exercise in communication, I guess. Yeah. A chance to see how well you work with your partner, um, who's good at communicating like the actual puzzle portion of it in terms of, you know, like the feeling of the symbols and then being able to describe that to your partner. Um, that part was pretty interesting, but who was really struggling with this and who was really doing well? Cause I think that's something we can take forward in terms of trying to figure out what's going to happen in the final. Just a little bit though. Uh, honestly, and I know I'm biased, but it seemed like Devin, I mean, he, he spoke about how well he does in the cold. And also it seemed like he and Tori genuinely had good communication. Yep. I was not impressed with Fessy and Mariah's communication. I wasn't blown away by Bananas and Nani's communication either, which surprised me because, hmm. like, I think of the pairings that are left, they probably have the strongest relationship. Yeah. And I was surprised with how flustered they got and, like, a lot of gesticulating, a lot of like repeating and I mean, at one point Johnny says in confessional that it short circuits your brain to begin the ice bath. And he's right. Like I've as recently as September, like I was in Lake Ontario doing like hot colds, like going from a sauna into like pretty cold water is like eight degrees mm -hmm. Celsius. Yeah. Uh, and it is hard to think and it is hard to talk. Uh, so like, that is the hard part of this for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Who were you impressed by in this communication? I, I totally agree with you. Right. I think it was like Tori and Devin, like it made sense seeing the outcome and like why they won. They did do the best job of communicating and um, even Devin just describing the shapes, you know, what everything was like, they did a really good job in figuring that part out. Uh, Bananas and Nani didn't really do too good of a job. And Fessy and Mariah, as you said, I'll piggyback that and add, it made me wonder even more about how they would actually have done in the elimination or in the final, mm -hmm. right? Like, would they have been able to compete well enough in the final? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Left a lot of question marks, but I guess we'll never know. But we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. I do... Uh... I mean, we'll say it now. So Devin and Tori win, mm -hmm. uh, right? And like pretty clutch win, their first win of the season. Mm -hmm. First daily win, I should say. They have one in elimination. Good timing for sure. And then the rest of the episode is basically people talking about whether or not Johnny and Nani should go directly in or if Fessel and Mariah should go directly in. And there's a scene just on the on the note about like communication where they're all getting dressed to like go to the zone for the elimination. Mm -hmm. And Mariah approaches Fessy. She's like, hey, there's a good chance we're going in. Whether we've done this elimination before or not, whether we've seen it before or not, let's make sure we have good communication. Yeah. But as she's saying this, Fessel keeps interrupting her and it's like, no, we're just gonna smash anyone. And she's like, for <laughs> sure, but like let's have good communication. Like let's talk about yeah. let's talk about things. Let's he's like, well, whatever it is, we'll just be stronger and faster. And like this Which is, is fit, right? the problem. Like you're not, you're just two people having a conversation and you can't listen to her right now. That's a problem. It's mm -hmm. a huge problem. I also like it's it's funny for me watching this episode. Fessel was one of the main motivators behind let's put in Johnny. Mm -hmm. I think it was a little selfish because he wants Johnny out of there. And he knows also that like, if Johnny doesn't go in, it's probably him that's going in. So like, but I agreed with Fessel uh, out of this entire season. This was the time that I agreed with him the most and thought he was being the most logical. Okay. I also, you know, as much as I hate him, I've, you know, I feel so bad because I like Mariah. I think Mariah is a good competitor. I think she's a nice person. I think she makes good TV. I think she's pretty funny. I just like sucks that she's saddled with the villain of this season. But is Fessy the villain of this season? I think people like he's Fessy. One of them. 
I think people like Fessy. I mean, I might not be one of them, but I think people, you know, there's a there's a contingent that it, that likes Fessy for you know one reason or another. I think my that, I think the the overlap of people who are natural contrarians, mm-hmm. it's very much they look like the same people who like Fessel. Like I think there's always just someone who's going to be like, oh, I like this shitty person because like they speak their mind or they come up with some excuse. Yeah. I think most people dislike Fessel. Yeah. No, that's totally fair. Totally fair. I get that. The one thing I didn't get, though, is why did Bananas call Wes? I don't know. And like maybe you'd have insight into this, but like I had always imagined that when they're calling home, that they are permitted a certain list of people that they can call, hmm. right? Like you're, you've got like, I don't want to say three phone calls because that makes it sound like prison, but I'm sure that they're just like, yeah, you're for sure. You can call home to your, uh, your co-parent or your spouse, or like if you have an alien fa- family member, but like, I imagine that there's only certain people that you can call. Like, you can't just be like, man, I haven't talked to my buddy since, like an age, like you know what I mean? Like they want compelling yeah. people. So this did feel very fake. Well, to me, it was just a telltale sign of how much they're stretching for content. Yeah. Right? Because he calls Wes and he's telling Wes about, you know, the whole thing with him and Devin. And, you know, that there is no like they're just building up this storyline of bananas and Devin which I thought was very weird. But the only thing really that came out of it to me was Bananas, who is great at selling, but he says, you know, he he called Wes to try to get insight into Devin's head and who better to get inside the mind of a scumbag other than the world's biggest scumbag, Wes. I thought that was a very funny line. Um, The other thing I thought... Sorry, I was just going to say, my line of the episode, though, is embedded in this. Okay. Because every time they cut to Wes's camera, he had a different subtitle and they were all hilarious. And that was shout out to the producer, the editor who did them. I wrote them all down. The first one is uh, Bananas's best friend. And then, uh, sorry, best friend ever. The second one is Bananas sidekick. Then it's Bananas life coach. Then it's Wes has a dog named Penny. And then finally, when it said, like, it takes a scumbag to know a scumbag, it says, Wes, scumbag. So that whoever was responsible for that, whichever producer or editor, yeah, that was my line of the episode. That made me really laugh. I liked that one. It, it was a great job. I thought that was really, really good. Um, we get to the deliberation, which I thought was also a waste of time because – Again, I know I've been tiptoeing around this, but to me, this was all pretty easy, right? Because, and and I, I guess there's two ways I should say this. I understand that, you know, you're at episode 16, you're right before the final, so you have to stretch to make an episode. We talk about this all along. But I want to say very early in this episode, I was like, okay, I get what they're trying to do to us here, but this is all pretty easy. You're either going to put in Fessy and Mariah Right. And if you don't put in Fessy and Mariah, I mean, it doesn't matter. But the reality is you're trying to save Jordan and Anissa. Right. Mm-hmm. So the path is whichever one you throw in Fessy and Mariah or Bananas and Nani, whichever one, the other one would have to pull the dagger to be safe because we've yep. already acknowledged that Horacio and Olivia and Jordan and Anissa would save each other. So it was all pretty simple. Like it didn't really matter whether they threw in Fessy or threw in bananas. Like they just made it into this big whole storyline that again, I acknowledge they're trying to make an episode. Yeah. I mean, as soon as, so the first couple that came into the interrogation was Olivia and Horacio. And as soon as they're like, Oh yeah, no, we would save Jordan and Anissa, which isn't even really scheming like Horacio and Jordan really like each other yeah like they they really get along so like it makes total sense it makes sense from a gameplay standpoint everyone acknowledges that like the two best teams to put in against each other are johnny and uh nani versus 
uh, Fessel and Mariah and just like, you know, it's just everyone was on the same page, basically, except like Fessel was hung up on who was going to get put directly in and who was going to have the dagger pulled. I guess like reasonably he figured, well, we got a one in three chance, but like, you know. Sure. Yeah. Not really. Um, I did find... And, like, I'm curious to know what you thought. So, like, the final couple to come in was Bananas and Nani. Mm-hmm. And it was such an awkward conversation. Like, they did, Bananas and Nani just kept congratulating Tori and Devin. I'm like, oh, these people don't, like, not that they dislike each other, but, like, they don't like each other. Like, they're not, they're not going to be buddies outside of this. I had a different read. I had the read that oh, this is serious now, Mm. right? And so Devin, while there are kind of some jokes being thrown around at certain points, Devin's face seemed really serious to me. Like where we hadn't really seen that Devin. Devin normally is on, right? Like he's in control of what's about to happen. He's either making jokes at someone or he's the butt of the joke, but he's in control of which way that's going in most instances, right? He's in control of how he looks on TV. In that moment though, it kind of seemed like he didn't, he wasn't, he was unsure, right? Like it was real now. Like, has this whole thing been a bit with him and bananas? Has it been serious? You know, are they really cool? Are they not really cool? Did he just think they were cool, but now he's realizing they're not really cool. Like I just got a weird read from it. And what my takeaway was, oh, this just seems real right now to Devin. I don't know. I think in the interrogation, I think what happened was he realized, like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'm serious. Maybe I would throw in bananas. But he's now at a point where he actually likes bananas. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, this is going to fuck things up if I vote him in. And so that's why I think he was serious. Like, I think he was realizing, oh, there could be real consequences for someone who like I might be friends with now. Yeah. But. Right. Exactly. Cause he's thinking, you know, the gameplay, cause I think the right move is to throw in Fessy. Right. I think like Fessy is a stronger competitor. Mariah is a beast. Like Mariah, like Fessy is a better competitor than bananas and Mariah is so? a better. Com- yeah. It's just like you would take the, it would take the right elimination to get Fessy out. Yeah. Right? But I think like if you go if you're going into a final, you would rather go against bananas and nani than Fessy and Mariah, I think. You would need bounces to go your way to beat Nani and Bananas, or sorry, to beat Fessy. Like you need Fessy to make a mistake, right? You need Fessy to like not be able to eat or Fessy to gas out. Whereas I think bananas and nani, you could just beat them. Yeah, That's what maybe. I think. I mean, they're both really dangerous, both teams. Yeah, totally. And, like, it was absolutely the right call to put them in against each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was really, really important. I will say I think they should have made a move this strong earlier. Like, I think it's mm-hmm. a better for Devin and Tori and Jordan and Anissa and Olivia and Horacio if both of these teams are eliminated and not just one. But, like, you had to put these two teams against each other in elimination. I'm not – I don't know. It's so hard because, like, Johnny's not terrible from a running perspective. And, like, we don't know what Mariah has. Mm -hmm. And Nani is a good long-distance runner. I don't know. They're pretty evenly matched in my mind. Yeah, it'd be a, it'd be an interesting battle for sure. I just think that the other part is, depending on what the elimination is, you have a better shot of getting Fessy out yeah. in an elimination than you do bananas. That's the other part of it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like in this scenario, for example, which I know you kind of have an idea once you get out there and you see what the actual elimination is. You kind of have an idea, but you could look at that and be like, oh, this might not be one of Fessy's strengths. Well, you know it's not a headbanger. Like, as soon as you see it, yeah. it's it's obviously not a headbanger. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's talk about it. It's called mm-hmm. Bridget. 
Yep. Um, so you have two giant towers with rope bridges attached. Um, they have to use three hold runs. On, hold on, hold on. There's one. There's one part I want to make fun of before okay. we get to this: the Bradley. dagger pulling, and how I thought they were going to play right into the conspiracy theories because bananas got the first pick. Yeah, as soon as that happened, dagger. I was like, my antenna were up. I was like, like mm -hmm. they can't actually let this happen, right? Because I'm like, how does he get to pick first again? But the the part that I wanted to make fun of was Horacio, which I don't know if he meant to do this intentionally. I don't think he the, meant to. <laughs> well, the way that they got to decide, they picked the safe dagger. They get to decide who's safe. And he's like, uh, Anissa, Jordan, and everyone pauses because they're like, what? And he's <laughs> like, I'm sorry. We put you in last time, <laughs> but this time we're going to save you. And it's like, hold on. Did he go to the TJ school of drama? Like, did he do that oh. on purpose? That was tough. That actually like floored me for a second. He gave us the old, how do you do, you know? And cause he was so serious. Right. So that was the other part. I was like, I don't know if he did this on purpose. Cause his face was serious the whole way through almost as if like, wait, why are you guys looking at me so weird? Well, and what also sold it was that Olivia looked shocked. Like, yeah. Olivia was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, she thought she, he just, like, fucked her, too. Which would have been amazing. If it that actually happened, that would have been hilarious. Yeah, they, they've never explained what happens if, like, if the partners disagree and one of the partners just, like, goes rogue and, like, declares someone. Like, they, it well, would have been a hell of a time to find out. To be, you're supposed to be on the same team as your ride or die, right? Yep. So Bridget, two giant towers with rope bridges attached from the ground up to the top. They have to use uh, three rungs to climb a rope ladder. And these rungs, like there's no hook or there's basically no hook. There's just like enough of like a, a small outcropping for it to rest on. Like it doesn't like latch on or anything. Mm -hmm. This looked really hard and it looked like that the longer it went on, it would get harder because you're balancing on these like little rungs. So like you're going to be getting cramps and your muscles are going to be shaking. What do you think the proper strategy is, Sheldon? Well, this is what I was going to say, right? Watching it the whole way, I couldn't tell what the best strategy was. I just thought that I guess bananas figured it out that, you know, once you put the second one, once you put, the handlebar up, right? So you move up to the second one. You just have to try to maintain the weight on your feet and your hand while you reach back with your other hand to get the third bar. But the whole time I was trying to think like, wait, is there a, a better way to do this? But I didn't really think so. And Fessy had no chance, no. right? Like this is just too difficult for someone that big because the weight is just too much. And once you're shifting your weight that much and you're not, it's too hard for him to center his weight like that. Right. And he had he'd no also chance. be more top heavy, right? Like exactly. It's about getting exactly. low and he can't get as low as the rest. Exactly. The other thing that struck me and like none of them did it. And maybe there's a subtlety I was missing. I was surprised with how narrow all their stances were. Like it seemed to me you wanted to have a wider stance to spread your weight out horizontally. Yep. But again, maybe I missed something. Like maybe, maybe there was a reason why they had to do it that way. I'm not sure. Yeah. But man, every I mean, first of all, shout out to Bananas for being the first one to finish by like a wide margin. Yeah. And then also, I mean, the clutch play was Nani when she got to the top, she dropped one and had a restart. And then on her restart, she caught the rung as it fell with her foot. <laughs> Like that's that was the difference, right? Well, the I mean, Fessy and Mariah were not that close, but like, it wasn't great TV. It wasn't that exciting, but I can't deny that it was a very difficult challenge. It wasn't very cinematic. You know what I mean? Yeah, and especially because it didn't appear that Fessy or Mariah got any. Like it didn't look like they got past the first one. You know no. what I mean? Like they would put three up there, but they would never be able to move it to the fourth, the fourth one. Um, and with that, you know, that makes it not very much for drama, right? Because basically you're just waiting on Nani 
and bananas to get all the way to the top because at least they were getting some form of progression uh, along the way. So, I mean, I wonder how long the whole thing took because it didn't seem like, you know, it seemed like that would take a long time to even figure out the strategy. And I thought it was funny at one point Mariah says to Fessy, hey, just pay attention to what Johnny's doing and copy him. And then Johnny immediately fell. But then meanwhile, like, so what was her strategy, right? Like, was she watching Dottie and copying her? Because it's not like, again, they didn't show Mariah or Fessy like they got anywhere in this, right? I think think at one point Mariah got maybe halfway up. It also seemed to me like the hardest part was the halfway point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I also feel like this is... So I, years ago, TJ did an interview where he talked, he was asked like, well, what's it like behind the scenes? And he said, when we explain whether it's a daily challenge or an elimination challenge, the competitors, the cast members, he's like, they have so many questions because they're always, especially if you have like a Johnny or a Wes or a Devin, they're always trying to lawyer their way out of it. Right. So they're asking a million questions and shortcuts. This feels like a competition where there is a lot of rules that were explained to the cast that were not explained to us. Oh, okay. Cause like there is a part of me that was like, so because of how the rope hung, like it's sort of horizontal at first. And then it like, you know, it's, it's like mm. sort of uh, a curve. There was a part of me that was like, well, can't you just like skip one of the first runs because you're so low to the ground Right, like if you're tall like Fassy, can't you just sort of like skip the first one, put the rung on the second one, and like immediately? But he didn't do that. I'm like, they must have been told that you can't do that. Like they must have been told. Yeah. Like, did you, you have, have to touch every, every single one? Mm-hmm. Again, with like them not taking a wider stance, I'm like, maybe because they had like these colored, like the centers were colored on the rungs. Mm-hmm. I was like, maybe they were told that their feet have to be within the color. Like, I just feel like there was more nuance to this that wasn't explained to us because yeah. it'd be boring. Yeah. No, there's so much to it that I, I, it made me always think, and I know we've been here before where I'm kind of throwing out who else would have been good at this, right? Like Jordan and Anissa would have struggled at this. I feel like Anissa would have had a difficult time. I feel like Jordan probably would have had a difficult time as well. Although Jordan seems to figure out something for everything. Jordan would have done something insane, like hook it like the low rung with his foot (laughs) and like toss it up to his good hand or like something insane, but it wouldn't have been natural. Like he would have had to game it out for sure. Yeah. Right. And then, um, Horacio and Olivia, same thing. Like, I just feel like this would have been so hard. Like, I was almost very impressed by Johnny Bananas' performance. I was. Right? I was like, very impressed. I, yeah. You, you know what occurred to me as well watching this? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. You Johnny's just a year older than us, right? Yeah. And I bet he is at the stage of his life where he's doing a lot of yoga. Ooh, good call. And I imagine Fessel being who he is and a younger person, a younger guy, mm-hmm. I bet he doesn't do yoga. Yeah. So I think Fessel focuses a lot on his cardio and a lot on heavy lifting. Whereas Bananas, he's done how many finals like he's going to be way more focused on like old man strength core strength and flexibility and recovery yeah and so i think assuming he has that background in yoga it's put him in a better position to do something like this yeah no i totally agree with you and i think it, that that part is super important and nani talked about how she was in cheerleading which obviously is a lot of balance you know, mm-hmm. and weight distribution and stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, it was almost a perfect challenge for them to be in, right? Um, it's so crazy, though, how the game works. And Fessy, so a couple of things. One, I love the back and forth between Bananas and Nani. 
when she's climbing up and he's trying to help her and she's just telling him repeatedly to just shut up. <laughs> like, I thought that was really funny, but I get it, right? Like I wouldn't want to be distracted either. Like she clearly knew what she was doing. She figured it out. You don't need your tips at this point, right? Like mm -hmm. it's just a matter of she had to do it at this point. So I thought that was really funny, but just seeing their back and forth. And then the other thing that I thought was really funny too was, so who else, right? From the whole, like open this up. Who else would have been all right? Like, forget about the people that are still in the house, but like, you know, would Nelly have been good at this? Nelly and Narice? Do you know what I mean? Who would have been good at this? Amber? Amber Jay and Michelle. This, right? Oh. Okay. Jay and Michelle would have been good at this. Yeah. Right? Like, Jay's really into rock climbing yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Good call. Um, so I think he would have probably been the best out of anyone who'd been mm -hmm. in the house. And I think Michelle is a very good athlete and mm -hmm. would have been right there with him i think um i could imagine someone like cara being good at this yeah. like cara and polly i assume would be the like would be each other's ride or dies i think they'd be really good at this mm -hmm. um maybe he's too tall but i wonder if kyle would be good at it He's probably too tall. Yeah. Um, actually, you know, we did have a, a listener comment that we should acknowledge on oh. this note. I just realized that. There it is. Our man, Lawrence Thomas. Okay. Pointed out to us that since 2011, mm -hmm. there have only been five seasons of the challenge that haven't featured a win from either CT, Johnny, or Jordan. Wow. Right? Pretty good. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's from season 21 to 37. Bananas won 21 and 22. Season 23, none of them won it. Then 24 was CT. 25 was Bananas. 26 was Jordan. 27, none of those three. 28 was Bananas. 29 was CT. 30 was Jordan. Then three seasons where none of them won. Then CT and Jordan won together in 34. Then bananas, then CT, CT. Yeah. Could happen well, again. You're trying to tell me that either bananas or Jordan win? What? No. Um, a couple of things at the at the end here that I thought were pretty funny, which I think the name of the episode is going to be bananas because, you know, bananas and Mariah had a thing. Who knows what level that thing was? But there was a thing going on, and I love that he says, better her than me. <laughs> yeah. Sad to see her go, but better her than me. I think that might be the name of the episode. Actually, I thought the name of the episode would be uh, frustrating, which is something that Fessel said in this episode where he said, oh, it's so frustrating that this is happening. I must have tuned out Fessy at that point because I don't remember that. Definitely that's possible. That's um, and Anissa the sneak diss when Fessy and and uh, Mariah walk are running out, and you can just hear Anissa's mics. Obviously, all their mics are hot, but she's like, "Yeah, jog, jog it out, get the fuck out." <laughs> I, like, I love Anissa. <laughs> right? She's I was great. like, "Oh, okay, okay." That's how we're feeling. That's how we're feeling. Who killed it for you this week? This is a tough one. It, to me, it's it's Johnny Bananas and, and Nani. I think that was a great performance and an extremely difficult elimination. I think that was one of them where we watch it and it looks difficult and it looks super difficult. But I still don't think that us watching it does it justice in terms of how hard it would be to figure that out on the spot. Like, while it's happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So just that performance alone, and Bananas raced all the way up there. I thought that was dope. But then the pressure on Nani to do it, where I feel like all eyes are on you, even though, you know, Bana uh, Fessy and Mariah are still trying, it became apparent that they weren't really going to get there. So now all eyes are just on you and it's kind of like waiting for you, which I think might add a little more pressure. 
Does, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? Um, yep. But it was just super awkward, I think. But either way, the both of them, the way that they did that, again, I have no idea how long that took. So maybe it took them forever to figure it out. But still, to figure it out and then execute it, they killed it to for me in this one for sure. I'm going with Devin and Tori. Of course. <laughs> what? Okay. No, okay. because that was arguably the most important daily to win all season. Uh, if they hadn't won, I think they would have been in big trouble. I think okay. we could have. I think Johnny and Nani would have likely put them in. I think Fassel and Mariah would have likely put them in, because I think arguably they're the third best team. Maybe mm, I think they'd be going in against Horacio and Olivia likely if they don't win. And you know they've made it to the final. Mm-hmm. I. Listen, obviously, I'm a fan. I don't think they're going to win, but yeah, I think I think a clutch daily win is really significant and got them to the final. And you know, everyone has a puncher's chance. Yep. So, you know, I think I think that's a really important performance by them, and also like a weird competition to win at. Yeah, I'll give you that for sure. That part, definitely true. Definitely true. Where can the good people find you on social media? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Shell Alexander, on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And a huge thank you, as always, to the people liking and subscribing wherever you get the pod and blessing us with the like button and sharing and telling their friends, all the people writing in with their comments. We do appreciate that so much as we've been doing this pod now for 242 episodes. Like, that's insane. And there's like, you know, thousands of people listening to this. And that is kind of funny to me like as we go off on our tangents about blue streak so i just say that to say i appreciate y'all for sure rocking with us and we enjoy just talking about the challenge and this challenge family that we built just cracking jokes once a week appreciate that i really appreciate it it's really cool all the feedback we get and to your point i've lost track of how many years we've been doing this i think we've been doing this for six years it's a long time. Yeah, I can't. I yeah, I can't even keep track either. Everything's a blur, especially the last the twenty twenties being a blur. Yeah, uh, you can <laughs> find me on Twitter and Instagram at Jay Chidley Hill. Uh, I'm going to be doing a lot of tweeting about golf and about the Raptors for the rest of the winter. Uh, okay. So you know, if you're into those things, buckle up. If you're not, that's cool, too. It's all good, baby. Until next week, which is the final. Yeah. This is You Killed It. You killed it.